0: This is the Endurance Church podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. I want to say thank you to every one of you for uh, coming out, sticking in there with us. You know, when you do a church plant early, the... The model now is to have 250 people, $200,000 and you go and launch, it's called a high Method. But we, we did this church plan that wasn't that way. Uh, what we did is we, uh, we endured through the process of trying to get people to believe that God was going to do something unique in our lives. We came up to Minnesota and uh, for about six months, I lived with a pastor, finally got a job, and I worked at Caribou Coffee. I had a MBA, MDiv, and I was in my PhD program for Ecclesiastical Leadership. And I was working for a Caribou Coffee, waking up at three o'clock in the morning, because I had bills, well, I didn't stay there long. From there, I went to uh, Anytime Fitness. Came to manager there, worked there with a young man named and it was back So, a young man named Nick helped me get a job and I worked there for a while. And from there I got a job at Minnesota and I they teach help. God, all the while, was just opening doors, connecting me with people. Interestingly enough, God I was strategic in the process. I didn't know that I was connecting with people who would eventually Stay with us. It's always confusing who's going to be with you and who's not. Nevertheless, God knew. So today, two years after our grand opening, we are we're still living. We didn't launch with 200 people. We we actually launched with eight people. <laughs> and the people who were with us originally was named and uh, Patrick. I don't want to. I just call names. Christy, Bishon. I think Kathy was in there too. Um, and then we just we said, hey, let's just, let's just go and let's do this. And God has been faithful to bring people slowly into our church. You know, this church is like a little baby. You know, we have to nourish the baby and care for it and love it. We're doing an old school church planning here. They don't do it like this anymore. But this process has been amazing because we had to trust God the entire time. God gives enough just for that day. And I think it's been a process of maturity for me and my wife. And hopefully it's been a process of maturity for you as well. It's not the end result that matters. Say one day we do have the fitness church slash community center slash nutrition slash kids center church. And everybody's coming in, and we have thousands and thousands of people. It's not that that's important. It's this. Step by step. Trusting God along the way, knowing Him a little bit more. The good thing is that I can't fake this process. You see, the real me rugged it wrong in my life. Our ups are down, ins and outs, but understand, the only reason why we're here is because of God's faithfulness. And the reason why you're here is because God is faithful to you. So I want to say thank you and we love you. Um, as Once again, a lot of people sit today. <laughs> but that's kind of a norm right now. It's also spring break, so people we'll on vacation, but this is our second anniversary. So give the Lord a hand. for <clears throat> special worship people today. Great, great worship. I, I don't want to brag. <laughs> my wife loves them more than she loves me. <laughs>
1: Honestly,
0: we are ready for a worship and treat. Also, we're going to have a great message. We're going to pray for you. We're going to show you guys love. And my hope is today you feel a little bit of heaven because it's real. God is gonna break through on your heart. He's gonna change it, mold it, so that in the end, you live right. Um, I have a clicker. We've been on this point here for this month, and this is my motto. The motto I I took from a man named Dallas Willard, who's passed away now. PhD professor uh, at University of Southern California before he passed away. One of the the, uh, originators of uh, Renoir Ministries, uh, which is located somewhere in Texas, I believe. and their ministry is about spiritual formation or spiritual renewal. We here at Endurance Church believe the process of spiritual formation is essential to help you develop in your character. We believe that this life is about to become a disciple of Christ, meaning that God is conforming your character into the character or image of Jesus Christ. Now, this is profound because for us, heart and will, those terms are synonymous. They're synonymous. So whenever I talk about the human heart, the beating heart, that's something different physiologically speaking. But today spiritually speaking, I'm talking about what we call the heart or the will. I said earlier uh, in the month that when when a uh, gold refiner takes a piece of gold, when he first pulls out the ground, it's full of impurities. But at that time, the gold is hardened. It's tough. And then when he purifies it, when he put it in the fire, he puts it in the fire, the impurities rise to the top. Now the difference is this gold has no impurities in it, but it's also a softer, more amenable, amenable material. It's something that's easily, in a sense, molded in the hands of the goldsmith. And that's what God is doing in our lives. For instance, your heart, I say, is also synonymous with your will. And God uses life scenarios in order to make your quote-unquote quote, hard heart softer. Now, we talk about here that your heart becomes soft through pleasure. For instance, we say here we're going to pray that the Vikings win the Super Bowl in 2018, right? In the me? Wow, that's horrible. Have you already jumped off the it's only been two years. People are eight features today, but we still he's in the faith. Nevertheless, when God answers our prayers positively, that's we consider that on the spectrum of pleasure. And when he answers it, we go, Yes, Lord, thank you. And therefore our heart is now more flexible or responsive to God's will. Pleasure. However, God also uses when you're going through storm after storm after storm. I know I'm not alone. Storm after storm after storm. And during those storms, what happens? You should fall to your knees and say what? Help. And when you say help, what's happening is your heart. And it's hard, heart is becoming softer or flexible. Or pliable in the hands of the Master. We also said another way is through prayer. My spiritual formation teacher told me that God can transform me through pain or prayer. And I'm here to say prayer is hard. Am I the only one? No, I'm not. You don't got to raise your hand. Don't tell yourself. But isn't it hard to consistently pray? Why? Through prayer, through the process of prayer, our hearts are shaped and molded. When God tells you to do something in prayer you don't want to do, leave that girl alone. Leave that boy alone. Don't go to that school. Give that money to that person. Oh, Lord. Through prayer, you're like, no, God. And when you submit to God's will in prayer, your heart is being softened. Now, my personal favorite is to preach As I come and preach God's Word, hopefully you are convicted. Your heart is challenged. And as you hear the Word, God is challenging your heart and molding it and shaping it so that when He says go right, you go right. When He says go left, you go left. When He says love your wife, You love your wife? You've heard this sermon before. This is my first time honestly preaching this. Nevertheless, you must have read my note. He says, respect your husband. Oh, you didn't hear that part of the sermon. (laughs) 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 Nevertheless, we are more responsive to God's will. And I'm here to say that is what this is all about. I used to play football a long, long time ago in the planet far, far away. <laughs> and when I played football, I had to learn how to trust the coach. The coach said, third down and 10, is going to be a long pass. Don't bite me, jump up, or think that the quarterback's going to throw a short pass. Why? Because he has to get 10 yards for the first down. Hope this makes sense. Now I'm a greedy defensive back, meaning I want to make an interception and run it to the end zone. So we practice all week, right? Don't bite third and ten. It's going to be a pass longer than ten yards. So if he does something in front of you at five yards, don't pay attention to it because whatever play it is is going to be beyond ten yards. I hear it. I hear the words that are coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yet I have to trust him, right? But when I'm in the middle of the game, I find myself third and ten, I hear the crowd, oh,
1: Ooh, I feel it right now. <laughs> I see the receiver come up
0: at five yards, go out at five yards. At this time, it's all over the line, and I should happen to break And make the interception at five yards. Nobody's going to tackle me. And I will be the hero. And I'll be able to do this in the end zone. (laughs) That means you're a Christian. (laughs) Five yards. He makes the move. And what do I do? You bite. Ah! And the receiver thinks like he's going, out. It goes up, and I'm way back there because I didn't trust the coach's instructions. I didn't trust the coach's directives. I knew what he said, but knowing it is not enough. My will had to fall in alignment with with the will of the coach at that very moment, and that is our faith. In a nutshell, sometimes we take instructions from people who don't have the experience. They're an assistant coach. They're trying to give you directives. You can't see the future, but God does. And when He speaks, you have to not only hear Him, do it, do it, do it. Because when you do it, when you respond to His will, you get it right. You make the play. You're successful. But a lot of times, we don't trust it. And our lying eyes tell us something different. And we respond in the way that we think is best. And a lot of times, we make mistakes. But Our God is good. He didn't kick us off the team. He pats us on the back. He says this. You're better than that. Get it next time. I'm here today to say I am a witness of that phenomenon. I can't tell you how many times God told me to do something and I didn't trust Him. But eventually through trial and error, I've realized that God knows best. So nevertheless, let's go back to this model. This is what God has to renew, our heart. Because before we are saved, we don't have a will to do God's will. We can't do God's will. So He has to give us a new heart. But even though God gives us a new heart, we still have challenges, do we not? We still have to yield this new heart to God's heart, yield this new will to God's will. But this is the neat part. When you're unsaved, you have been filling your mind with all types of stuff. You watch movies and books and people's advice and values from the world. And even though you may have a new heart, you got to what? Renew your, your mind. mind. you got to fill it with God's stuff so that your heart and mind align. And that's maturity. You're not going to be any more sane than you are when you first get saved, when you first get a new heart. But the process of sanctification is the process of all these different layers of your soul aligning with God. And once you get that in alignment, then you gotta get your relationships under control. Hello. And then finally, your soul, which in the Greek means house, will be, and this is interesting. The Greek word for perfect means fully furnished. <laughs> That's often the awesome, it? I like. That. <laughs> so when you're fully furnished or perfect, then you are maturing in your relationship with God. Got a quote which i in. It says, All things human hang by a slender thread, and that which seems to stand strong suddenly falls and sinks and ruins. Not a very positive quote, but the point is, there has to be something we trust in other than the words of humanity. Trust in God. The first week we talked about praying to God for the right motivations and a pure heart. The second week we talked about trusting God with our heart and He will care for your soul. The week three we talked about yielding to God's security measures for your heart. That's this week, and next week we're gonna talk about keep a broken heart and a contrite spirit. So let's learn how to yield to God's security measures for our heart. If you can't open your Bible to Proverbs chapter 4, and we're gonna go through verse twenty through twenty-seven. I love to say it's easy to trust God and I love to say it's easy to follow God, but it is hard. I'm here to say to proclaim that it's best to do what God says, but it doesn't feel oftentimes like the right thing to do. Oftentimes we get advice from everybody else, those people particularly who don't trust God, to do things that doesn't align them or doesn't in a sense align up with God's will. So whenever you're in the middle of a storm or about to go through a storm or looking for instruction or direction, it's best to go to the Bible first. I can't tell you how long it took me in my life to get to the point where I was having problems where I actually opened up the Bible. And try to find an answer for that scenario. Don't raise your hand. But it doesn't take a long time to get to that point. When you're really struggling, where you're like, okay, what does God word saying about that particular point? Sometimes some people never will do that. Let me go to the Bible. Aunt Job went through the same thing. Someone to Aunt Job. Or man, I saw this version on TV. I'm not going to call it my thing, On TV, they were talking about this very issue, and it seems like that's what I should do. But going to God is what God wants you to do. Going to God is going to your coach. You don't go to the opposite team's coach in order to be successful for your team. You go to your coach. Your coach gives you your instructions. And if you're a child of God. You go to your father for instruction. And that's what the book of Proverbs is about. It's an irony when you read Proverbs and they go to Ecclesiastes. Why? Because in Proverbs, Solomon tells you all these great things about how to live life. All these great instructions, all this great advice, when you get to Ecclesiastes, he broke every single thing he said. You're like, i Solomon, why? But he said at the end of Ecclesiastes, it's all vanity. Vanity. If you don't do it God's way. So let's do it God's way today. Here in Proverbs chapter 4 starting verse 20 it says, My son or daughter, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. So this word incline really means like this. Stretch your ear out and hear. I, I did clean my ear this morning so I'm good. And hear what I'm saying. Because what I'm going to say to you is valuable. The question is, do you think God's words are valuable for your life? Or or are they just mere suggestions? 21, don't let them, these instructions, depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. Man, think about this. Don't let the words of God depart from your eyes. It, It means all the time, you should be looking at God's word or listening to God's word. Some of you know I used to have a car, a truck, and it was a, a big green truck. I called it the Hulk. And the Hulk was an awesome truck for a while until the CD player stopped working. And once the CD player stopped working, I can no longer do what I love to do, which is drive down the street. Not smoking, not sipping, but listening to God's words. Don't laugh at that joke. if you understand it? <laughs> I used to love to sit down and listen to God's words over and over. Because God's words gave me life. I value it. We do what we really want to do. We do. You wanted to come to church today, most some we of you were dragged, but by large, most of you wanted to be here. You want to be a good husband. You do. You want to be a good wife. You want to eat. No way to stop you today from eating. You want to watch TV. You want to take a nap. You do what you want to do or what you will to do. Question is: Do you have a will or a heart to value God's word? We have so much technology. I see you in New Version. I'm on there with you on your Version. I love this. I press the little heart. I go in there. I press all the love. I love it. I don't know if it yields you or not. You. It's like Facebook, but it's about the Bible. And everybody's on there reading their scriptures and highlighting. Oh, we are growing so much, are we not? No, ain't not. But keep on it. And eventually, that word which you're putting in the midst of your heart will bear a harvest. You just got to trust God through the process. It says keep them in the midst of your heart. That's how important it is. God's word has to be in the very center of your will. Now, once we got saved, God said He will put His word where? In our heart. God, for us, the believers today, we are in a unique position that He, He was not in. God's Word is in our heart now. <laughs> so when we read the Bible, we're not learning new information. We are getting revelation. God's Word is being uncovered for us. That's the unique position we find ourselves in today as believers in Christ. 22 says, for they are life to those who find them and help to all their flesh. This word life means age, or time. Meaning if you trust to do God's Word, it gives you time on this earth, and in eternity. But you gotta trust God's Word. I know it's hard. I know. I remember when I first found the thing called the Visual Bible. Anybody know the Visual Bible? Yes? It's like the book of Matthew, word for word. And I just sit down and watch the book of Matthew over and over and over again. And then I found the book of John. <laughs> I listen, i watched it over and, and no one else liked me in the house.
1: <laughs> I knew what I was watching,
0: but I was keeping the word in front of me. And I was eating. And I was growing. I trusted God. My life has changed, I'll never be the same. And now he says, go to the right. I trust me, go to the right. Now he says, go to the left. And and I go to the left. And now he says, love my wife. And my body's telling me no. But my heart is telling me yes. (laughs) Don't laugh at that joke. And it says, all hell to their flesh. I want you to live long and prosper. I'm killing it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, <laughs> hell to your flesh. This is how you live life. We can't tell you to do anything else except for pick up your Bible. But when you find yourself not able to pick up your Bible, you have to ask yourself a question. What? Can listen to worship music all day. And I'm not bad. I'm not beating on people who listen to worship music all day. Oh my mom's right here. But you have got to get God's word in your heart. We have no excuse. We have so much technology today that gives us access to God's word. As soon as I leave here, I'm going to hit play on my Honda <laughs> CRV. And as the kids are in the car, my wife, They're going to hear the dramatized version. People screaming and the kids are looking around, like, what's happening? <laughs> the Hebrew word, I think, was more, uh, would be more aptly translated as guard. And this word guard is not just somebody standing on the outside of your heart, it's actually guarding from the inside of your heart. So when it says, guard your heart. It's saying from the inside of your heart, put guards up because they're there. What would be on the inside of our heart that would guard our hearts? God's Word. Here, he's been telling you the whole time about the law, about the Bible, about God's Word. But here, he's telling you right here, guard it with all diligence. Nothing is more important on this planet than guarding your heart. What we watch on TV. Iron fist is out. I got it I watch it. But, my wife and I, already I talk, if there is a, if it gets like, you know, sexual, beyond, we're cutting it off. I don't care how much I love iron, I'm not gonna put that in my brain. In my heart, I watch you. You can't preach with me, buddy.
1: It doesn't matter what I read. I
0: can't put something in my heart that doesn't contaminate my heart. If I put something in my heart, that's my fault. And what happens is my heart is contaminated. But God says, "Go right." You know what I do? I go left. I can't tell anybody what to watch or what not to watch. But I'm telling you this, when you put stuff in your heart, whether it's people's advice or opinion, whether it's watching a movie or reading a book, if it causes your will to become hardened to God's will, that is not wise. That is not guarding your heart. Today's culture, you got to watch the cartoons you watch. I've got my kids watching cartoons and I want. They're watching G.I. Joe. Ain't goodness for dead things, but I think I'm going to get rid of it. I don't know. But you've got to protect your kids' hearts with all diligence. Not with some diligence. Not with a little bit of diligence. With all diligence. With all diligence. With all. That is within you. Protect your heart. My kids are going to now a public school in Virginia. And so now we're in this evolution war with my kids. So I'm sending them every single video I have about the creation of Earth the perspective of God. And they're trying to tell me everything they learn in school. Guard your heart with all diligence. Because the result of it is, the determines your end. It says, for out of it springs the issues of life. And that word issue means end. You want to know where you're going to end your life? Then what are you putting in your heart? You want to know where you're going to end up? You are controlling that. What are you putting in your heart? We keep on putting the vikings in our heart. I don't know where we're going to end up. We're we going to trust God nevertheless. But you got to put God's stuff in your heart. Next point. Oh, verse 24 says, put away from your mouth, this, put away a deceitful mouth. So now all this is the result of guarding your heart. Because a deceitful mouth is a result of a corrupted heart. Because what comes out of your Reveals the condition of your heart. heart. So, all these are the results of, in a sense, what you have done with your heart. And put perverse lips far from you. And the only way you can do that is you're guarding your heart. You're putting God's word in your heart, and God's word is like Leonidas in the battle of Monopoly with his 300 men. And they, in a sense, guard just with 300 people against hordes of Assyrians and Babylonians. You have to guard your heart But the only thing strong enough to protect your heart from the influences of the world is God's Word. But do you trust Him to put it in there? 25 says, but let your eyes look straight ahead. It seems simple, and it is. Maybe don't get distracted God's word is sure. God's path is straight. And you need to keep your eyes focused on the prize. One thing I learned about football, and I I skip football now because that's what I play. But you go wherever your head goes. So if you ever see a player on a football field fall down, it's because their body went in a different direction as their head. So if I turn my head this way and run this way, I can do it. But if I turn my body this way and try to run, I may fall down. Now, over time, you may get more skilled. Don't look at me, you skilled people here. You may in time develop the ability to look and run the opposite direction, but it doesn't work that often. You are only going the direction you are looking. Where are you looking? Now here it says, Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Consider, think about the steps you are taking. My wife and I have been going through some storms of late. Why? Because I'm not a good of a cook. If not for Katrina, I don't know where our marriage would be. I'm not even joking, y'all. She was like an angel from the Lord. Because when the kid was cooking, it wasn't looking good for anybody in our house. I can do a little bit. But then it doesn't work. That I put too much grease, coconut oil. What's that for? Just put the whole thing in there and just turn it on. <laughs> right? It's vegetable oil. Who cares? It's oil. Like cook it. Put the hot dogs in that vegetable oil. <laughs> hey, well, nevertheless, the Lord provided. But here, the point is here. Ponder the path. God provided for us, but sometimes God didn't show up that way. So you have to come up with a strategy. Is your family struggling right now? Everybody's family. Where are you pray together? Pray. We struggle with praying together because sometimes I'm tired. I'm just tired, dog. I just felt this tired. I'm not sick and tired. I'm just tired. And I just want to lay down. But we've got to come up with a strategy. We've got to come up with a plan. We've got to come up with a plan that allows us to walk straight. Because if we don't strategize on how we're going to live this spiritual walk out, then we're going to end up exactly where we're trying to end up. Nowhere. Where do you want to go spiritually? Do you want to grow up? Do you want to win? Do you have a plan on how to walk this thing out? Now, the interesting thing is for those people who are in financial peace, raise your head if you're in financial peace. I really want you. You know that class is awesome. Is it not? But you know how much counseling that needs to take place after you go to that class. Right? Because you start looking at the money, honey. You're like, oh, no. What are we going to do? We're in trouble. That's not in the budget. Are you saying I can't go to the movie this week? You say hey, buy a book. It's not in the budget. Discipline has taken place. Now you're trying to organize your thoughts and actions so that you are in a favorable position financially for the next five years, thousand, six, last year, you'll take the class. But if you're not planning, then you're going to fail. It is objectively true for money. Those people in a financial piece right now, is that not true? If you're not planning, you're not going to hit your goal. What about spiritually? Now, I say spiritually now, but I say that um, in a very loose fashion. Because I believe how you have your money is also a spiritual discipline. It's called stewardship, which is very much a biblical point. But I just did that for the point today that if you know you have to be a good steward of your resources, Then what about your spiritual life, just to make a point? Are you being a good steward of what God has entrusted you with, Of your gifts, of your talents, of your soul, of your heart, of your body? Are you planning to fail or are you failing to Plan. plan? Thank you! It says do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. I got a couple of points and we're done for the day. Point one, we need to do all we can do to submit to God's protection of our hearts, because our heart is what controls the outcome of our life. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's no wife's fault right there. I'm just here to say i out there it's the one us <laughs> No, one of the No. Joking. No, joking, Oh, no, you haven't been here a while this is You have a been here a while we're going to this this is all my fault. I just don't hurt, so I feel better about myself, I'm speaking. Nevertheless, it says we need to do all we can do to submit to God's protection for our hearts because our heart is what controls the outcome of our life. I'm not talking about your attitude. Because we know your attitude determines your what? We know the same altitude. Where you want to go? I'm talking about your heart. Your will. Can you will to do God's will? If you're struggling doing God's will, that is an indicator of what your heart looks like. How are you doing doing God's will? Is it healthy? Is it vibrant? Are you trusting God? Are you in a good relationship with Him? Are you in a good place with God right now? And if not, it's a heart issue. So go back. Do an assessment. Look at your heart. Oh, not stop scaring me. Why do you need need to know it? So we can guard the desires of our own heart by ourselves. That's our responsibility. That's not the Lord's. We are to guard our own hearts. I'm not telling you what to watch. I'll never say what to watch. I'll never tell you what not to watch. Each of you have your own convictions, your own conscience, your own scruples. And you have to listen to your own conscience. For instance, some people can do certain things other people can't do. But regardless of who you are, when you hear God nudging you or talking to you or encouraging you, you need to listen to what God is saying. Because if you start going past or transgressing your conscience, ultimately your conscience will get seared. seared. And if you can't hear your conscience, you can't yield the to die. A lot of times people find themselves in situations where they... They just don't even hear, don't do it, don't do that. Because they're so used to transgressing their conscience that their conscience doesn't even sound that authoritative anymore. I remember I have a, a son named Joshua, and I think we are on our way to Virginia, and we were talking about a movie called Cars. And my son, he's autistic, but he has like this memory that's like a machine. He can remember stuff back from 1942, and he was not alive in 1942. But he remembers (laughs) everything from that day and time. And there was something that happened in the movie that I remember that he didn't. So I confronted, I brought it to his attention. Like, no, son, that's not correct. Your father is correct. (laughs) And I was, as a result, because he took his identity from his golden memory, he started a war with me. That can't be right now, i So eventually, through the course of the discussion, we finally got him to realize that, you know what, you're, you're wrong. This is what happened. And everybody in the car, was, and we thankfully, was on my team, and we, we make him realize, you're wrong. And I said to him, son, what happened was, you were in pride. Because you are pride you couldn't hear your conscience. Why do you listen to your conscience, son? He said, Daddy, I don't know. What did he say? I couldn't hear you talking to me, Daddy.
1: <laughs>
0: how many times are we like that? Where God is trying to speak to us. He whispers to us in still, small voices. That's how he talks. Which means he's close to us. But if we don't listen to him, his voice turns into like Charlie Brown. Um, 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 um. And then we're doing something. And then we're just doing whatever we will. This is going to sound scary. Somebody may not be allowed. This is going to sound scary. But the first line of the Satanic Bible is what? Do what thou wilt. Do whatever you want. Not surrender your will to God's will. Next point: yield to God's security measures for your heart. Pick up your Bible and read it. Read your Bible with your family. Listen to your Bible in your car. Get your you uh, Version app and listen to it. If you don't have time to read when you're sitting in the toilet. I'm not trying to go teetle about, I'm just trying to go there. There's time when you're on the toilet. I know you all have time. Let it play. You're about to go to sleep. Turn it on. Listen. Put God's Word in your heart. God said the greatest commandment is when you what? Love Him. With everything that's in you. Do you love the Lord? That's what this whole thing is about. Everything we preach and teach. That's why we say trust God. Have you asked God how His day is? Have you asked God how His day The word in Hebrew is Yada. The Greek word similar is, No, Paul said that I may know Him. It's an intimacy word. We're fighting sometimes so hard for all these ducks to line up. But we don't realize He says, seek me first in my will. And then He says, all these things will be added. You want to fix the ducks without seeking Him. Seek God's heart. That's what it's about. Why do you need to do it? so that you will keep from doing evil. And we say evil is just whatever against God's will. Evil's not Hannibal Lecter, the Joker, or Holly Quinn. (laughs) Evil is whatever is the opposite of God's will. It wasn't evil for Adam and Eve necessarily eat fruit. But if they eat that one piece of fruit, that was evil. It wasn't evil for, and it says Jesus to... Right. He said, yes, so you understand, obviously he didn't sin. But if he would have ate while he was hungry, that would be evil. But if he was called to fast, that would be evil. It. it wasn't evil for Moses to strike the rock. But he struck it when he should have what? Spoke to the rock. The point is, throughout all of history, human beings have been struggling, bowing down to God's will, thinking their ways the best. And God's trying to fall in love with you so that you fall in love with Him so that you can do His will. He's trying to show you the way. It's His heart that you got to fight for. All the other stuff is a distraction. How can I help you remember? Let God protect your heart. Put His Word in your heart. Man, this is so simple to say. I'm sorry it doesn't make you shout and run. Let me tell you what, when you're in the store, when it's 3rd and 10, and the game is on the line, and the crowd is cheering your name, and you're about to get the job, you're about to pass the test, you're about to make that crucial life decision. You'll trust Him. You'll make the play. You'll give Him glory. Because that's what this is about. His glory. Him getting attention in your life. Remember, God, God brings God, not the National Security and Defense, God, not the FBI, God, not the CIA. God, not the 85 Bears defense provides the best security. There's nothing else out there. you got to trust His plan, His process, His methods. I don't know where you are in your life, but God has a plan for your life. That plan is conditional. Why? Because you have to fall in love with him and trust him. Are you going to answer the call? I love to say you can do whatever you want to do. You may end up exactly where you want to be, but we don't see that scripture. That's something people say to make you feel good about doing whatever you want to do. I can't tell you that because I'm held accountable for the words that come out of my mouth. And when I stand in front of God, He's going to say to me, well done, you were a good watchman. you said the truth and your hands are clean. You have to know the truth. You have to end up where God's called you to end up. And if you haven't sought His heart for your life, I can't tell you to end up there. It's not about doing a good thing. It's about doing God's thing. And I pray This is the Endurance Church podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org.